Benjamin Franklin once said, In wine there is wisdom, in beer there is freedom, and in water there's bacteria. No bacteria here. This is On the Back Bar. On the Back Bar is your gateway to talking to the people behind the scenes at bars, distilleries, and vineyards around the world. We'll talk to the experts in the industry about future trends, people, spirits, cocktails, wine, and everything else. So kick your feet up, pour your favorite drink, and hang out on the back bar. This is Christopher Menning. Okay, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to On The Bad Bar podcast. Uh, we have Lauren Moe back on the show. So good to have you back here. How, how's it going? It's great. And the last time I was on your podcast, it was the first three months of the pandemic. So I'm very happy to be yeah, on right. while we're up and about and back in the world again. It's great. So it's, <laughs> it's always nice to see you and nice to chat. So thanks for having me back. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate that. Yeah, you're right. I completely forgot it was during the COVID era. It was sort of everyone on lockdown. But um, yes, we're all around the world again. And I know you're calling from Guadalajara, right? Yes, I just arrived in uh, Guadalajara at three this morning. And I've had two hours of sleep. I was traveling for 24 hours from Amsterdam. It was quite the milk run to get here. It's not normally like that. But I had, um, excuse me, I had a uh, 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 like a couple of old flights that I had to use by the end of March. And so I smacked them together and hoped for the best, but it was, it was quite the milk run, but it's beautiful here. The land of eternal spring and summer, stunning outside. It's got that beautiful Good. color to the sky and everything else. It's just really nice to be back in Mexico. Fantastic. Well, it's great to have you back once again. And, um, you know, I think, uh, Obviously, since last time you were on the show, your role has changed, and you're now the Global Director for On-Trade Excellence at Patron. It's a fantastic title. Um, so it'd be great to talk about that, and, and obviously what's been going on. I know this, uh, this new program, uh, a bartending program focused on education, uh, particularly with agave. So yeah, I'd love to jump into that and hear how uh, this new role has been, been going for you, and you know what exciting things have got planned. Definitely. Yes. Uh, I, I love a, a, a long, intense job title. It seems to be something <laughs> I've, I've done for the last decade. Um, yeah. So the director of on trade excellence is essentially the uh, global director of trade advocacy for Patron Tequila. Uh, my colleague, David Allen, is the director of trade advocacy for the brand in the U.S. And the two of us, we work uh, very well together side by side on developing all of the advocacy programs and education that uh, global bartenders get access to. So while he's focusing on U.S. programming, obviously working outside of the U.S. is a very different ball game, so to speak, in terms of what bartenders know about tequila and what they're curious about and very excited to learn about the category and and of course being that Patron was the first brand to create the super premium category and still going strong it's great to be able to uh, develop programs now that take bartenders into not only just the future of the agave category but also into the future of the I guess the brand world that there's so much excitement around uh, in terms of bartenders love of Patron and, and just learning more about agave. So it's great to bl bring all of those things together and see where we go from there. Fantastic. I mean, the category itself has just exploded over the last sort of decade. And uh, 
Um, you know, there's some fantastic products out there, and I think the the category and, and tequila as as a whole is much more um, understood, not just by bartenders but consumers as well. Um, you know, how's um, how's the change been for you? You know, seeing uh, Patron, and obviously Patron was a huge driver, I would say, uh, for that re-education to the world. Um, you know, over those sort of years, what what's Patron been doing to sort of help educate uh, consumers and bartenders? Well, previous to 2018, uh, Patron was uh, an independent brand, and then in 2018 was acquired by Bacardi. And it's exciting because for anyone that knows anything about Bacardi or has uh, has spent any time with any folks that work for any of the multitude of brands in the portfolio, you know, like Bacardi Rum or uh, Bombay Sapphire Gin or Grey Goose Vodka, there's so many incredible brands, but it is still a family-owned company. And I, I think there's a, there's definitely sort of a, a way of doing business culturally when there are family members uh, still involved that feels a bit more family connected. And I know we use the word family a lot in the industry, but I think when it comes to Bacardi, you can, you can really say it and, and feel like it has legitimacy to it as well. Um, the Gran Familia, as, uh, as often the, the company calls uh, a lot of the bartenders that are connected with any of the brands, really does extend into Patron. There was a, an existing family that existed um, you know, in the Patron world before it became part of uh, Bacardi, so that was wonderful. So to be able to sort of bring to life, I guess, that family evolution and continue on into the future uh, has been has been really amazing so the education that was uh, that was was happening in the advocacy um, you know prior to 2018 was definitely just focused on the direction that the category was taking bartenders in especially in the US and Canada and Mexico in love with tequila in love with uh, I suppose the uh, brand Patron's uh, commitment into the industry and just really sort of elevating what bartenders could do with tequila. It was more than just, uh, you know, drinking shots with salt and lime. It was about good quality tequila, good agave, um, you know, in terms of where Patron is coming from, it's great, uh, the best quality blue agave from the highlands in Jalisco, as well as, you know, water and yeast and oak maturation for anything higher than silver or for uh, Reposado Niñejo. So what's great is that you take already a, a super premium and amazing product, and then you give bartenders exactly what they need in order to thrive. Different activities, different ways of bringing it to life, experiences, education, engagement. And during the pandemic, just like every brand, there was uh, the mad pivot that had to happen and how, you know, brands were keeping the education alive, keeping the engagement alive, and also continuing to support bartenders. And that was the birth of Academia Patron, which is a digital ecosystem that was started by uh, David and his team in the US and really became a digital hub and a platform, not just for all things related to Patron, but all things related to excellence in the agave category. So you'd have bartenders or visitors from all over the world that had uh, unencumbered access to some of the best digital resources that were developed on tequila. So education, certification through the Tequila Regulatory Commission of Mexico. So lots of different things. And that I think just continued to evolve. And so when I joined the brand in April, 2022, there was already a really great start into the digital education system. And uh, of course, for me, having having a background in working in 
60 countries, working with thousands and thousands of bartenders all over the world, understanding, I guess, the nuances of uh, the uh, different types of bartenders all over the world culturally, but then also the different um, experience and education levels, or even just, you know, the level of understanding in the industry is vastly different. So I thought that, you know, really the next approach that we could take on that and then incorporating the Patron Perfectionist program into that world um, was about creating a program that could be for the every bartender. If every bartender is interested in learning about tequila and we are the voice of that super premium tequila globally, then why not create a program that gives bartenders exactly what they need? Education, experiences, engagement, and all at the, at the heart is this wonderful brand. Fantastic. Yeah, I mean, um, you're talking about Patron Perfectionist. That was always, uh, you know, one of those top competitions. It still is, you know. It's, it's. Uh, I think a lot of bartenders that I know, and even I've entered in the past, but didn't get really far. But um, it, it's a great competition. I guess the competition evolved into this new sort of platform. And and for the audience, I'll put links into the show notes so you can go onto the website. There's a lot of mm-hmm. information there. You also have a lot of mentorship that that's sort of part of this as well, right? So some really big names, sort of Ivy Mix. Um, Sandra Lawrence as well, and also previous global champions. So, you know, how are those guys involved? What's their sort of role? I think the most important thing when we talk about the evolution of on-trade programming, and hence my job title, on-trade excellence, it's it's working out how we can be better at doing this job for the long run. And I mean that in terms of how brands give back to the industry and how we can support the industry for the long haul. Uh, as the saying goes, we when when we finish here as uh, as bartenders, we want to leave it in a better place than when we found it for the next generation. And so I think where there are so many bartenders and members of the on trade who have moved into roles uh, that are working in sort of like the corporate brand world now, we're able to really uh, acutely look at where the industry is at and what we sort of need in order to give back to bartenders. And that can't just be please put this on your menu and enter this competition. There needs to be something that comes from that. So this lasting, um, you know, these lasting efforts we make with bartenders of, you know, joining our family, being part of these great experiences, that's wonderful, but we also want to continue to bring back some of the best of our industry to continue to give back and create the leaders of tomorrow with today's batch of amazing Patron Perfectionist winners. So in saying that, I suppose the the long story about that is we have, judges, of course, and you just named a couple of them that are here for the global final here in Mexico this week. But we don't want them just to be judges, because it's not just about bartenders presenting to these individuals their their hard work, their creativity, their innovation and excitement with our brand. But we also want them to have the opportunities to learn from folks that are quite successful in the industry that were once where they were or once where they are now just so they can see a bit of the evolution of what they can do in the industry. So they're mentors, they're contributors, uh, they're supporters. And having this this incredible lineup of uh, contributors like the Ivy Mix, the Tara Fogner, the, you know, Lauren Paler, Sandra Lawrence, uh, Chef Anna Mautorel, Harrison Kenny, Habba Flores, and Julia Cucarulo. I think I got them all without reading a list <laughs> in front of me. Um, it's They all come from very diverse backgrounds, different parts of the world, different levels of the industry, from writers to bar owners to uh, living you know, in the far-flung reaches on the other side of the planet to really celebrating you know, the craft of the Mexican bartending community. So I think any bartender joining this week 
shouldn't make it just about winning. Of course, you want to do well, but you also want to use this as a learning opportunity and a bit of an audition for what could be next because you have no idea what's around the corner. And the best thing to do is to go with the flow and do your best and always show up and be present. And so I think um, every bartender is, is feeling that this week. Good. Well, I mean, yeah, that's very exciting. So this week is a competition. Uh, obviously, they've been flown over to there. And uh, um, yeah, I mean, what a great experience to be part of the competition, to also be in Mexico as well. Um, you know, what are these bartenders um, going to expect from the competition? What are some of the challenges coming up, if you can share? Um, I mean, like I said, the experience itself must be fantastic. Uh, yes, of course. We're happy to share what the challenges are. Um, what I think is amazing about the how the program has evolved from a singular cocktail contest that started in 2015, and I'm not sure what year uh, you entered Perfectionist, but certainly over the last uh, uh, over the last six or seven years, up until this moment, it has been a singular cocktail contest. You submit one drink with whatever Patron tequila variant you like. You you bring to life this new way of of celebrating tequila Patron, your sort of version of perfection, which I think is is so cool. It's such a, a beautiful premise to you know to base this bartender journey on. But. That said, we want to try and expand what is possible with tequila, and there's no better time than now to do that because bartenders are agave crazy. And to be frank, I'm agave crazy as well. I used to work on a, a you know a portfolio of, of many different brands and many different categories, and agave was always the thing that I gravitated to. And I think being able to build a program that almost feels like it has so many challenges and activities that it feels like it operates like a full portfolio program, but it's just tequila. And there's so many different variants of Patron tequila to enjoy as part of this process. So that's where I think this is unlike anything else available in the industry right now, because it is so vast and so big, but also really gives bartenders the ability to discover uh, what's possible in the category. So the challenges. The first one uh, that they entered, which was uh, much early on into the competition, the entry was called um, the Hometown Hero. And that was uh, asking the bartenders to submit something that celebrated uh, a bit of their world, perhaps a, a flavor or an ingredient or a story that reminded them of where they were coming from and how they could blend that into creating a beautiful drink with Patron Silver. Um, they went through a series of national challenges, which were all completely different. Uh, you know, things focused on the Paloma or reimagining what was possible in terms of certain classic tequila cocktails. And then the global finals, we brought them even more challenges and new activities to participate in. So this week, Field to Flavor is actually a bit of a secret uh, competition, a, a secret round, because they don't know what they're getting into. What they know is they're going to one of our partner agave fields, and that's all they know. <laughs> so they'll right. get there and they'll be briefed. And so uh, Field to Flavor, I think, you know, part of their mentorship sessions that we went through in the last couple of months was about helping them understand how to block out the noise and develop, you know, be per as prepared as they could for something that ultimately is essentially going to be a black box challenge. Uh, but there, I don't know if there is a black box necessarily, but it will be a surprise. And then uh, the second challenge, which is the stories we share, we encourage the competitors to learn something special 
and unique about Mexico, more than just Frida Kahlo, but there's so many other things to discover from a historical perspective, flavors, uh, provenance, uh, just so much access. Find something deep and, and meaningful and then bring that to life in a serve and also a ritual that celebrates a bit of your personal connection to that, which I think is really cool. And then the third one is called Mi Mesa Es Tu Mesa, which means my table is your table. And this would be a group serve for four people. And uh, during this time, they can do whatever they want. They can't have any helpers necessarily serving anything, but every single component and element of that timed presentation must come with obviously the drink, the ritual, how they bring it to life. They can, you know, they'll make four drinks, how they serve it is up to them, what accompanies it, what, how it comes to life. So this is about, you know, changing, I guess, that sacred moment where, you know, these small chubby tequila bottles like Tequila Patron were always well suited to sit on the table, be part of that conversation and conviviality with somebody else. So how do we imagine how that changes in the future? So amongst that, they, of course, they get the quintessential million dollar tour of uh, the Hacienda Patron, which, uh, which is a, a beautiful facility. It's one of the most beautiful brand homes I've ever seen. And uh, it's in the, the heart of Jalisco in the highlands, just outside of Atotinoco, El Alto. And there they get to see firsthand, you know, our Tohono mills, our, our roller mill. We just have so much, uh, uh, so much incredible process for them to see different uh, variants of, of Patron Tequila to try that aren't available anywhere else outside of the Hacienda. Um, so it's it's a very exciting opportunity for them, and of course they're going to discover Tlaquepaque and Guadalajara, these historical areas uh, inside uh, Jalisco that really bring sort of like the essence of uh, tequila to life. Well, fantastic! Well, look, you know, um, good luck to all the people entering. Um, there's ten bartenders in total. Is that correct? No, there are sixteen. Oh, 16, blimey. Okay, it's quite a lot. Yeah. Well, 16 bartenders, 16 countries. Very exciting. Good, okay. Well, actually, I should say 15 countries because we have two competitors from China, which is very cool. Uh, one oh, okay. was our wild card winner, Chani Song, and then Lola Lau is, uh, is uh, the national winner from China. I know, Lola. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Well, yeah, good luck to all of them. Um, yeah, I hope they do well. And if, for people who want to track the competition, how can we follow and, and see how it goes? So. So we'll be posting uh, daily highlight reels on at Academia underscore Patron on Instagram. Uh, and of course, we have uh, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. You can visit for daily highlights also on academiapatron.com. And if uh, you type in patronperfectionist.com, it will also take you to the same place. But uh, all of our brand ambassadors, we've got 18 brand ambassadors heading down. We have our 16 competitors. We have our eight amazing judges and, of course, me. Uh, and so we will all be posting on social media. So you can also follow the hashtag Patron Perfectionist to learn more. Okay, perfect. I mean, uh, so I'd like to talk about um, the future of the industry, as you, as you sort of mentioned earlier, and sort of maybe what we need to do more in the category um, going forward. But there is one question I have. What's happened to Patron XO? Is that ever coming back or is it just <laughs> gone? Uh, it's, I don't know that I'm at liberty to say, but I will say that there is um, a good supply at the Hacienda. So if you come to the Hacienda, you can have it poured on your agave ice cream, which uh, we all enjoy. And also in the 24-hour cafe that's on site. <laughs> but that said, I think... Uh, I think it's uh, what's really cool about Patron XO is that uh, when you do 
find a bottle when you're out and you you see it on a back bar, you see it in a freezer, you see it somewhere. It's like you're compelled to order it at any time of the day. Uh, and I have yeah. seen some bottles around recently that I was very surprised to see. And who knows? It'll, it, it, it might come back in the future. We'll see what happens. But uh, as of right now, we have uh, uh, so many different innovations coming out. Like El Alto just launched in the U.S., which is uh, – it's a beautiful and incredible Reposado tequila and that tall teal bottle with that nice stone top. Uh, we've got another big surprise coming out in April, which we can't wait to reveal. So we've got a lot of things in the hopper. And um, yeah, again, who knows what the future holds? I'm like winking. Maybe. <laughs> Good. Well, you know, I loved it in espresso martinis. It was like the best way to make them. Uh, my favorite cocktail. But um, going back to then the future and, and you know, the bar industry has just changed so much and it, it's fantastic to see and, uh, the evolution it's almost quite um it's almost going too far so i'm wondering how does uh your sort of plans for education and mentoring and you know the role of tequila you know how do we go forward from here um what what needs to be done more uh, for education with tequila so i think there's uh there's there's definitely a, a connection to the plant that we all need to get back in touch with because there's uh there are a lot of brands out there and i think everyone's sort of fighting for airtime I think uh, because Patron was the first, it's uh, you know it's it's our job to sort of be the stewards of the category. Um, I think in terms of our education, it always connects our handcraft message into that world. You know, just that we are three ingredients. We are, you know, the highest quality blue agave. We are water. We are yeast, and then oak maturation being our fourth, depending on um, uh, on what uh, what core expression it is. And then there's also the 62 hands. You know, for us, it is more about highlighting the people as well behind Patron that bring it to life. And every time you open a box of Patron and you open that, you know, beautiful colored tissue paper on the inside, each element of putting that together was put together by somebody. And so we always say that there are 62 hands that touch every single bottle of Patron. And that is entirely true. So I think for us, we also want to bring that message um, you know, wholeheartedly into the education and just continue to drive that message uh, with everything we do because there are many people in many hands uh, that make the, the, the drinks that you enjoy, that harvest the ingredients that we use, not just in tequila, but of course, like in any ingredient behind any bar or in any restaurant. So I think it's just really getting connected into uh, provenance. And that also doesn't mean one group of people. It means multiple groups. It means a diversity of groups. It means also a diversity of individuals that work in different levels of the industry and maybe those that are trying to break in and come into the industry but don't have a way in. So I think for us, we're looking you know, holistically at the education and recruitment of how we bring bartenders into our world so we can give and you know provide opportunities that, uh, that they're craving. And I know for me, I, I always look at things from the perspective of where I was at as a bartender before I left working in, in bars in 2017, is that I was always hoping that people would just take notice of my unique way of looking at ingredients, my unique way of bringing you know, to life a certain ritual or uh, how I could really connect like a, a meaningful conversation or discussion to, to what we were doing behind the bar. And I think it's, it's our turn to look towards you know, today's bartenders and say, we've got to highlight all of this we have to put spotlights on on all of these individuals around the world and just provide like a, a really amazing program that they can join and feel that they're part of in the long run that they can always feel like they're part of their you know patron familia because we will 
continue to drive, you know, best in class education, best in class opportunities and experiences. And we just, we will reach to wherever we can find bartenders from a digital standpoint, from a physical standpoint, just to make sure everyone's got the opportunity to join if that is their desire. Mm, okay. Uh, what are your thoughts on um, the rise of agave spirits around the world? There seems to be a huge sort of uh, wave of new um, agave fields, I guess, being planted from India to Australia. What's your thoughts on that? Well, I think it's, uh, I actually think it's it's really interesting. And I, I hypothesized many years ago that it would be interesting to see, you know, what happens with the agave plant when it is planted in, in different arid climates around the world and, and uh, different locations different species will thrive in different uh, different conditions and locations. I think that experimentation has always been part of the innovation in our industry and of course in any other industry. And I'm very interested to taste side by side, you know, this like best in class spirits made in Mexico versus, you know, what we're seeing in some of these other areas. I think it could make for a really wonderful expansion of this lily category because everyone keeps calling it a cactus and of course we know it's not a cactus but but even just beyond that just uh even the different uh areas of mexico that are getting a little bit more airtime as well like outside of the delimited areas where we grow blue agave for tequila mm. production but also looking at sotol and looking at ricea looking at the different styles of mezcal i just think it's a very exciting category and a plant that is so incredibly resilient and can thrive in so many different areas and conditions. It's it's very similar to how we look at growing grapes around the world or any other crop for consumption. You could plant the same thing in different places and it will yield a completely different result. And that's, I think, very exciting for people that are obsessed with flavors, so. Yeah, fantastic. Well, just a few more questions, Lauren, and I'll let you go because I know you must be exhausted from all that traveling. <laughs> so once again, I'm good, powered, powered by coffee. <laughs> not, not tequila yet. I need like another hour and then I'll be powered by tequila. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was talking to quite a few people recently about um, sort of te tequila itself. And I think the category with the expansion has also seen like a, a rise in quality. Whereas I think if you looked sort of 20, 30 years ago, there was a lot of mixtos. Now sort of every, uh, uh, you know, product is 100% blue agave. So that's great. But some of the issues that some people talk about is uh, agave being harvested early. Um, so that's obviously not a great thing. Um, also, agave plants, just, you know, a lack of supply. But I think that's always been the case. So, I mean, what are some of the other issues you see in in, in Mexico or agave is, is itself? And what are Patron doing to sort of counter-react that? I think the biggest issue that we face right now is uh, probably... Um, the celebrity tequila mm. focus at the moment because right. when you see you know on Instagram as an example you've got you know let's say celebrity X because I think that there are 26 now the entire alphabet of of celebrities have a have a tequila brand but I think when you take a, and it's not to suggest that all of them are like this but I think the the worst examples you've got you know a lineup of different distillates on the screen and they all look different and I guess the caption is sampling my forever tequila today to decide which one is going to be mine but they're all the same distillate which might not be very good quality to begin with with a different cocktail of additives and so every time a new sample is created it's adding different additives and of the four allowable additives in in mexico where you can still declare something as 100 percent blue agave if it's less than one percent of additives uh right 
okay. in the bottle. And so I think if we, I can compare it even to 10 years ago or 15 years ago when there was a craze for flavored vodkas. But I'm not talking about like normal flavored vodkas like citrus and orange and vanilla or whatever else, but whipped cream and cotton candy and bubble gum. I feel like oh, the horrible. way the way that um, some brands in the tequila industry are using additives, they're completely blowing out of proportion our perception of what tequila is supposed to taste like. And because the masses are now getting involved and tasting and decided that tequila is their forever spirit, based on the marketing of some of these products, you are tasting things that are almost the new whipped cream, bubble gum, and cotton candy vodka of today, but, but it's actually tequila. So that I think is, um, is, is hurting in a lot of ways because it is drastically changing what uh, the consumer perception is of tequila, number one. And number two, it is, uh, it's flooding the market with brands that are of lesser quality, but they're still using the moniker of 100% blue agave on the label. And I think, uh, you know, as, as the marketing efforts with celebrities or others, you know, become stronger and stronger, where does that leave, you know, craft, additive free, all natural tequilas that are doing things right and have been doing things right from the beginning. So I think that's, that's probably the biggest danger uh, that we that we face right now. And, you know, I'm, I'm really proud to work with, uh, with Patron, you know, for this reason, it is, you know, 100% natural with just those three ingredients, we don't use additives. And that is something that we can stand by every time we taste our tequila, it tastes like cooked agave. It tastes like pepper. It has a natural sweetness from the fruit and the distillation and from, you know, from the oak maturation that we use in Reposado and above. So I just think that, um, you know, that's probably one thing uh, to highlight. I think a, a lot of the other things that you mentioned are, are gradually, you know, becoming uh, more, you know, important topics for the future. But I think the, the one that we're really facing right now is just incorrect flavor profiles of tequila on mass yeah it's kind of weird isn't it it's like a double-edged sword with this whole celebrity thing and i don't know where it came from but it seems to be like yeah you're right every celebrity who's anyone has to have like a tequila noun and uh, i mean god some have made a lot of money out of it but um i guess you know it's been good where tequila is now sort of in mass media and mass consumption around the world and but then like you said obviously these lesser products or additives that are coming in that you know kind of um distort what people's perception of agave should be right well look it's it it is it it is pushing the category in into mm -hmm. you know massive volumes and so you know as as people that work in the business to actually sell tequila and move product it's 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 good in that sense but as you say there is a double edged sword where there is a a big advantage there's also the pendulum swings eventually the other way mm. um but I think, uh, you know, especially on plants, if you don't allow the agave to bloom to full maturity, then you have uh, lesser sugar content, which means your fermentation is different, which means your distillate will be different, which means the finished product will taste differently. So I, I think there's, there's, uh, there's quite a few things there that need to be tackled. Um, but uh, no, you're right. It's, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see where we're at in the next uh, five or 10 years. Yeah, true. So actually, just about maturation uh, for agave plants, is it seven years, seven to ten years when that, that's sort of the the right maturity? Generally, generally, yes, yeah, seven okay. to ten years, and and essentially once the 
once the quixote comes out of the top you have to slice it and harvest it right away because that is the the signal that the 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 plant is fully ripened and sugars are optimal so you've got a very limited amount of time to you know to get it done well at least to cut the quixote down Okay, great. Well, just to wrap up then, Lauren, and thank you once again for, for sharing your knowledge and about, uh, you know, Patron and what they're doing. For the um, Academia Patron, the website, where should people start? Um, you know, what, what sort of pages, classes, or, you know, what's the sort of journey they should go through? So it's it's really quite simple. Um, if they head to academiapatron.com and uh, you can click on Agave Masters. So Agave Masters is our online certification that is open for everyone. There's two levels of certification available and uh, bartenders or anyone that has an interest in tequila is encouraged to start there. Uh, we also have a section on making tequila if you're really starting at the bare basics and understand there's a plant involved and uh, it's a very popular category. If that's your basis of knowledge, it's all good. You can start at making tequila. Uh, and then from there, we have some more advanced classes. So the CRT, which is um, uh, which is a partnership program we do with the Tequila Regulatory Council of Mexico uh, at PatronCRT.com. And you can get a, a global certification by going through a two-day course uh, to be almost like the it, – it's called the award T, but you really are a steward for the category of tequila. So it teaches you everything from understanding uh, noms to different brands to additives to uh, the process, delimited areas, et cetera. And then in terms of uh, sort of, uh, I guess, bartender advocacy beyond that, like Perfectionist, for example, you can click on either proofreads or just jump right into the uh, Patron Perfectionist page, and then you can sort of start that journey as well. But it's also great for any of your listeners to just contact their local Bacardi rep, uh, either brand ambassador or you know a sales person that comes in to visit you um, and if you don't have access to any of those people, then you can also pop me a message at Lauren Moat on Instagram, and I would be happy to connect you with who the right person in your market is, because nobody should be without a Bacardi rep or a brand ambassador <laughs> because they are some of the best in the industry, and so it's nice to, to connect and, and sort of build that network. Great. Lauren, it's been a pleasure to host you again, and thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, yeah, for all the listeners, please do check out and follow the competition this week. I think it's going to be very exciting. Uh, and do follow Lauren as well and all her amazing work uh, with Patrona Tequila. Thank you, Lauren. Oh, thanks, Chris. Thanks for having me back. Take care. Thank you so much for listening to the show, guys. Uh, we are available on Spotify, iTunes, and all other major podcast providers. Your support helps my show grow, and I love you for listening. So thank you so much. If you want to be a part of it even more, please look at the show notes. You can find links to our Facebook group, The Beverage Network. You can also find links to my Patreon page where you can help the show grow even further with small donations. And you can also find my email where you can reach me anytime with any questions. You guys are amazing. I love this industry. Let's keep it growing. Thank you for listening to On The Bat Bar.